Welcome to The Rock Podcast. 700 years before Christ appeared in Bethlehem, God gave the world a heads up through his prophet Isaiah. If the people of Israel had been paying attention, nobody needed to be surprised or confused about Jesus' claim to be equal with God. Let's join Pastor Ross with a devotional message on Christmas Sunday entitled, The God-Man Appears. That was so beautiful. The peace, the love, the grace of God would never have happened unless God came to us. And so we're going to reflect on his prophetic names as we read at the beginning of our time together. They are wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Now, right from the beginning, you see the dual nature of the God-man, as we call him, was not an ordinary person, a rabbi, a good moral example, or uh, who had an epiphany, one there, and then was put to death for his good works. Rather, it was God's intention, God in a human body, who wasn't killed for his good work, but it was his good work to be killed to give himself an offering for sins. Hence, the wise men even understood gold for the king, frankincense and myrrh for embalming spices. He, he was born to die, to pay a penalty that wasn't his. And so we see a child is born and a son is given right away. We know he has two natures. He was born the regular way, uh, as far as the outward eye goes. He, he was born of a human. We knew who she was. She had an ancestral line that traced back to David, just like the scripture said. But the only thing was is that there had to be something added. Uh, not only was he a child in the regular way humans are born, but he was also a son. He equated... The, himself as the son of God. So so many times that the Jews said they wanted to execute him because he was a mere man making himself equal to God. And, and they added by calling God his own father. So there was a way that he used the term son of God, the son of God, that showed that in every way he was equal to God the father. In fact, he just came out with it as we see later. Uh, I and the Father are one. And so that the reason he had to come as human and divine was because to pay a debt, you have to pay, as I've said many times here, in the currency in which it was incurred. And, and so uh, we owed a death. Uh, hearts needed to stop beating. You know the story in paradise. A terrible tragedy happened, decep- deception got involved in lying, and God made a promise, and the day you connect, disconnect from life is the day you'll die. 
and death spread to everyone because all had sinned. So the first few chapters often are said this way, that it tells us how things got started. It was beautiful. Um, and how things went terribly wrong. And the rest of the 31,000 chapters tell us how God went about to fix it. And right there, the announcement was the dual nature was given in the garden when he said the seed of the woman, speaking to his enemy, who just brought death into a perfect place, speaking to his enemy, he said the seed of the woman will crush your head. There's one coming, a deliverer, savior is coming, but he comes from the seed alone of the woman. You see, he's speaking already of the divine uh, intervention there, that he would pour himself, God, into a human womb. And he would be bruised in the process, but he would conquer the devil's head, wounded in his heel. And interesting that the spike went through the heel. And so God had this, and he said uh, he was coming. And here's now Isaiah, 700 years before Bethlehem, tells us a little bit about who he would be. So no Jew in his, in his right mind who actually reads the Bible, and they call it the Bible, by the way, uh, who read their Bible would, would never doubt that the Messiah had to be divine, because it clearly says he is in many places, but here one. Wonderful counselor. It sort of means, and it's very telling that that's the first thing on the list, not God, but wonderful counselor. Just me, and it's not wonderful the way we say wonderful, it's wonder filled, like awesome. This counselor who shows us the way to be saved, that's the point on that. That in him is the treasure of all wisdom and knowledge. Yes, we know, but biblically, how do we get out of this mess? I mean, death hangs over all of us. It's appointed unto men once to die, and then the judgment. The wonderful counselor, the, the, the first and foremost reason that God appears is to show men the way out of sins, condemnation, the second death. We don't have to, to suffer that. We can be reconciled, and not by you doing a whole bunch of... Uh, good things, but because of his mercy, people often say, oh, all religions are the same. And I'm like, okay, show me one where God becomes one of us, does all the hard work himself, dies, is buried, resurrection, uh, ascends, sends the Holy Spirit, and then just says, all I want you to do is believe. I've done all the work. But what do we have to do? Nothing. Just believe the one he sent. Show me that anywhere. It's not out there. All religions are not the same. Or that would be out there. That's one, that would be one of the options. It's not one of the options. Mighty God, then he comes around. And, and he's saying, so first of all, the, the saying is, I can get you out of the mess. Messiah said. Any mess you're in, including your worst one, I, I can do it. Number two is I've got the power to do it. I'm just not all talk. I'm mighty God, equal to God in every way. Jesus wasn't shy about it. You know, somebody asked me in a coffee shop, where does it say Jesus is God? And I said, where doesn't it say Jesus is God? Come on, he didn't have an earthly father for one. Let's start there. But let's start walking on the water, 
no problem telling a hurricane, shh, and the hurricane goes, shh. you know, even the disciples said, who is this? He talks to the weather patterns and they obey. Cast out demons, blind men can see, the lame can walk, and dead people are dancing at their own funeral. <laughs> yes. You know, and it was Jesus, Jesus who said, this is what Jesus said, do not believe me. Do not believe me if I cannot do what only God can do. But if I can do what only God can do, then you need to believe me. You see, that's what Jesus said. And so he said, you know, show me a blind man. I'm the light of the world. Anybody who follows me will have the light of life. Show me a blind person. So he opens his eyes, says, see, I give light. I'm the, I'm the light giver. Look, I'm backing up my claim with a miracle. And the same thing. If you, believe, <laughs> if you believe in me, you will never die. Show me a dead body. They showed him three. And every time it was all the same. He says, little girl, I say to you, arise. Young man, I say to you, get up. And he scooped him up, the only son of a widow, and gave the dead body, which was now alive, back to his mother. And then Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. And the people there didn't even believe it. He's like, Mary, Martha, move the stone. And says, you don't want to do that. The smell, you know, it's not good. And he says, didn't I tell you? Come on, move the rock. And he screams out, Lazarus, come forth. Now, he says, you can trust me to give you eternal life if I can raise dead people up here. And so he says, listen, you... I am the Lord. Is anything too difficult for me? That's the second question to you. The third one, everlasting father here. He's not the father. The father is distinct. There's father, son, and Holy Spirit. What he's saying here is the father in Hebrew thought is the source of everything. The father and God of all comfort. It's the source. You see? So the source that, in other words, everything holds together in him. That if you want to find life, and here's what the bottom line shout out is. Anything you need, whatever you're looking for, you'll find it in me, the author and creator of your life. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I know everything about you, and I got everything you need. Come to me. And the fourth one, Prince of Peace, wow. He says, in this trouble, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He says, I give you a peace that the world can't give you. So let me, in the midst of your crazy world, your highs and lows, your dramas, your what if this happens, let me be your peace. For I will keep in perfect peace those who keep their eyes stayed on me. That's a promise. And, and, and from what arises all of this peace? Well, it's the cross. It's the, it's the grand hurrah. <laughs> it's what he came to do. And so the God-man, God the Father, puts all of your sins on him. He carries them to the cross, and he says, here I stand in John's name, on John. Take out all your wrath on John. Every sin that John, Jane, Mike, Dave, that owed you, 
take it out right here. So God sends down a couple lightning bolts on John, Dave, Mike, Mary, Ross, Barb, Xander. So much so, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We'll never even know the depth of what happened on that cross. But we do know one thing, it was enough. So at the end of those excruciatory six hours of pain and suffering, he was able to say, it's finished. It's finished. There's peace now. So, you know, it's kind of a weird thing to say, have you made peace with God? I never say that so much. I, I ask somebody who might be on their deathbed, have you accepted the peace that God has already brokered on your behalf? God did the hard work. He got rid of the obstacles. He said, come on, I don't want you to die. Come to me. All I, all I need from you is a, a submitted heart and a heart that trusts you. So if you have that, you're going to live forever and have peace you know, for me, it doesn't matter. I'm wrapping up my remarks now. It doesn't matter if I have a peace about a situation and then have to face death. I, I want a peace that car carries me through the grave. Amen. Let me close with this story, and I've told it before. It's my favorite story about Emmanuel. The word in the Hebrew means God with us, and Isaiah chapter 7 says that's what he'll be called. He'll be known as, wow, God's with us in a human body. So Emmanuel, I was, oh, what, it was 20 years ago? 20 years ago, it was really, uh, I had a surprise x-ray to my chest, and the doctor said it was really serious, and it was the size of an apple, a mass, and I had three little kids, and the doctor was making terrible sounds, looking at it, shaking his head, and he wanted me to see a specialist, so I went to see the specialist, and it had not been diagnosed yet. And I was sitting there all freaked out in the waiting room. I didn't even look up at people. My I remember my tears. I was by myself in the waiting room at the doctor's office, UCSF, and my tears were dropping onto the carpet. And I was just sort of out of it, and just like this, and watching in total despair of my tears run down my face and off onto the carpet. I just lost all hope. I pictured the new husband. <laughs> and you know how I pictured him. Tall, <laughs> lot of hair and not very nice to my children. Oh. <coughs> Who's nice to your children? Nobody in the whole world has grace that you have for your kids. I don't care how nice he is. He's not going to be nice as I would have been. I'm sitting there mad. <laughs> and there's a few people in there. One guy's listening to his ear buddies, you know. You can hear it. And a nurse comes out and she says, Emmanuel, is Emmanuel here? Emmanuel. And I'm like, get over it. He's not here. You know? And she says it again. She scoots right in front of me. She looks down and she says, is Emmanuel here or not? And I'm like, oh. 
Pastor Ross. You should have added Pastor Ross there. Is Emmanuel there, here or not, Pastor Ross? So suddenly, this big Samoan dude with his ear buddies on, named Emmanuel, gets up. Oh, it's me, it's me, it's me. So he lumbered by, you know, and, and he goes off. Emmanuel's gone, and the Lord's like, listen to that question. Is Emmanuel God with us in your heart or not? And if he's not, cry all you want and imagine, you know, Mr. Hollywood coming in and, you know, do it. Go for it. Why stop there? But if, if God is with you, Ross, this is all going to work out for good. He's got all the questions. He's a wonderful counselor. He's almighty God. He's everlasting father. He's prince of peace. He's God with you. What else could a guy need? It's like a cure. I got that too. <laughs> and so 15, 16 years later, here I am after a bone marrow transplant. My oncologist told me seven years ago, what are you doing coming here? Stop. We don't need to see you anymore. Go away. If you get a lump and a bump, call us. But, you know, your kind of cancer, if, we, if it goes away in the first three years, you never see it again. Just run along now and have a nice day. <laughs> I was more than happy to never see her again. We have a savior. Don't forget don't be one of those doofs that are out there where he, ha- where he has to send somebody, poke somebody and say, is, are you Christian? Is God for you or against you? Are you going to heaven? Is God going to take every last thing and turn it around and make it for your good? Don't make him do that. Just already know that and start acting on it and start enjoying it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth behind these four simple words, titles. And we ask now that you would help ease us into the reality that we have a great God and Savior. And we need to take advantage of you in a beautiful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You have been listening to The Rock Podcast. Our regular services are held on Wednesday nights at 6.30 and Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. in Santa Rosa, California. If you would like to learn more, please visit our website at calvarytherock.org.